Welcome, friends, to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Steve Vaughn as well. And this from Fox News column as of this morning, and we wanted to update you on what is going on in the nation today. We're certainly seeing a slow but steady unraveling of Western civilization. We've been monitoring this for 9 to 20 years on this radio program. And this another indication of that. And we've been unraveling socially, economically, culturally, and so forth. But this politically, you've got to have a political angle for the unraveling as well. A recent startling poll shows that a majority of voters not only view the opposing party as a threat to the nation, but justifying violence to combat their agenda. The poll captures a crisis of faith that this guy's been writing about for over a decade as an academic and a commentator. Many now question democracy as a sustainable system of government. It represents the single greatest threat to this nation. The polls by the University of Virginia Center for Politics shows a nation at war with itself. 52% of Biden supporters say Republicans are now a threat to American life. 47% of Trump supporters say the same thing about Democrats. Among Biden supporters, 41% now believe violence is justified to keep Republicans from achieving their goals. And almost identical percentage, 38% of Trump supporters now embrace violence to stop the Democrats. So that's where it is. He says many of these people have lost faith in democracy. Some 31% of Trump supporters believe that the nation should explore alternative forms of government. Roughly a quarter of Biden supporters question the viability of democracy itself. He says faith is one thing that no system of government can do without. Uh, So, you know, a breakdown of faith in democracy, a breakdown of faith in the Constitution, which is where he goes on this. He says, there's a breaking down of faith in our system of government, which isn't exactly democracy. I mean, people do vote, but uh, there's a, a constitutional republic that we're talking about here. But he says there's a breakdown in a confidence and faith in these systems. And I think there is sometimes this faith that democracy can save us or that the Constitution can save us from the evil of dictatorship, uh, tyranny, stupidity, insanity, everything else we're dealing with today. Uh, But what was it that John Adams said, Steve? Um, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Yeah. That's what this reminded me of. Yeah. You know what? The problem is not the Constitution. The problem is not the system as much as the problem is with this immoral and irreligious people that, you know, has surfaced over the last hundred years. I mean, that's that's where we are today, especially in our elected officials, because and, and I mean, that comes from the people who are electing them. You've got a immoral people electing other immoral people so that they can get as much from the government as possible, uh, that's going to that, that's going to degrade the, the, the entire nation. The, and and the, the founders understood this, especially with how John Adams said this, that they understood that if you have a moral people who were looking at the Constitution and and all of that from that perspective, then it was going to go well. But they also understood that immoral people, unjust uh, crooks, if they got into office, they could uh, they could interpret the Constitution however they wanted, which was one of the reasons why they put in there the ability to amend, the ability for the people to take back control, that kind of thing, because they knew that this is where, you know, they knew the hearts of men, that people 
you know, the, the heart of man is wicked above all things. And, uh, and so they gave us the ability to alter the Constitution or to vote people out if we would do that. It's, it was a decent system. You know, it was perhaps the best system that anybody has put together. But, hey, you've got a problem with the heart of man. The hearts of men are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And they vote. <laughs> so that's a problem. Yeah. That's a huge problem. Okay. But, uh, again, this was something of a shock to me that Biden supporters, 41%, say, hey, yeah, you can use violence to stop the Republicans from achieving their goals. 38% of Trump supporters. And don't forget that Americans own, what is it, 500 million guns? Or was it 600 million guns? I mean, just don't forget that. And they're not all duck hunting. Actually, there aren't that many duck hunters around. <laughs> not anymore, yeah. And there are not many hunting elk out here on eastern plains of Colorado either these days. But, uh, yeah, you got 500 million guns. I, I don't think there's a country in the world with that many guns. And no, let's say they not. got into a big fight with each other. hi yi 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 Again, I'm not against guns. Go get a sword. That's what Jesus said just before his trial. He's, I think, again, he's presenting that as a matter of Christian liberty. I think it's a matter of Christian liberty to own a gun. But I'm just talking about a nation without character. A nation that is far gone. A nation that no longer upholds the principles of God's word. They have not been discipled in God's word and they have lost character by the sexual revolution of the last 40, 50 years and the number of kids born without fathers and all the rest, it's created a social chaos and an economic debacle that no doubt will spiral into some level of violence. Be back with more in just a moment on the Generations Broadcast. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus and taking the world for Jesus. I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we are back on Generations. Kevin Swanson, uh, Steve Vaughn with me this time. This is a very emotional time, increasingly emotional time for the American voter base. I think people sense the stakes are high. And they, they sense that the nation is being ruined. 
And that's already a fact known by both sides of this. And that's that's why some 41 percent of Biden supporters are saying, hey, we got to stop these Republicans using violence. And some 38 percent of Trump supporters are embracing violence to stop Democrats. So, okay, Um, both sides are concerned. Hey, the nation's being ruined. But both sides think the other side is ruining the nation. That what is what increases the angst against one another. Everybody knows the economy is collapsing. Argentina as well, by the way, Argentina's inflation rate was 160 percent. The leading presidential candidate coming out of the election last uh, weekend is a socialist who's actually been in control of the economy for the last number of years, bringing about 160 percent inflation in Argentina. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe he'll fix it for <laughs> us. Next time. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I realize that he's governed the nation at a period of time at which, yeah, the, the whole thing's come apart. But uh, let's vote for him again. Yeah. May, 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 let's get more of him let's get more of that maybe that'll fix it okay so that's the philosophy going on in argentina's elections right now but everybody knows the economy is collapsing everybody knows that our universities are failing and they know our social and cultural systems are imploding on themselves the character of the nation cannot possibly sustain a self-governed free nation so so the left is saying maybe we can fix this by a revolution which makes things worse the right is saying maybe we can fix these things by keeping the immigrants out, which uh, is a completely superficial, hopeless solution to the problem. You talk about putting whitewash on a sepulcher. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's not going to do the job for you. Of course, the Christians are saying, why don't we get a million pastors in the country to disciple three, four, five, ten young men? And over the period of the next 15, 20 years, we'll disciple the nation. Well, there's that, too. You know, there's that yeah. solution. I just thought I'd throw that out just for yeah. a moment. That, that, that takes time and effort. And I mean, who has time and effort for yeah. all of that? And, yeah. And, and, and faith. That <laughs> yeah. would take faith. You'd have to believe God's word and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The political divide of the nation more intense than it's been since the Civil War. Each successive election has resulted in more radical swings in political polarities and partisan divisions. Uh, Republican voters offer less and less support for the Democratic presidential administration, vice versa. The difference in presidential approval between Republican and Democrat voters was about 30% for President Dwight Eisenhower in the 1950s, 52% for President Ronald Reagan in the 1980s, 70% for President Obama 10 years ago, 80% for President Trump and Biden. So you see this gradual increase of a partisan divide in terms of perspectives on the uh the the reigning president uh increasing from what was it 30 percent for dwight eisenhower to now what 80 percent for trump and biden so that's a huge divide that's a humongous divide what this means is that republicans hate democrats more than they have ever before and democrats hate republicans more than they have ever hated them before reminds me a little bit of that johnny cash song the one on the right was on the left you ever hear that one i think so i think you played it for me once did I play it? Okay, well let me let me give it a shot here one more time just so everybody gets the flavor for this. A picking singing folk group. They sang the mountain ballads and the folk songs of our land. They were long on musical ability. Folks thought they would go far, but political incompatibility led to their downfall. Well the one on the right was on the left and the one in the middle was on the right and the one on the left was in the middle and the guy in the rear was a Methodist. 
musical aggregation toured the entire nation singing traditional ballads and the folk songs of our land. They performed with great virtuosity and soon they were the rage but political animosity prevailed upon the stage. All right, so there it goes. One on the right was on the left, and of course, the one on the right turns out to be on the top, and the other left was on the bottom, and uh, everybody got the stuff and beat yeah. out of them at the end of that whole interchange. So, yeah, that's that, that's one one take on uh, story, and but you know what? That's not going to fix it. Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of uh, Genesis. In chapter 6, God said to Noah that he was going to flood the earth because the intent of the heart of man is evil continually from his birth. But then he says something that a lot of people don't, I mean, they just kind of read past it. In chapter 9 of Genesis, he said, well, I'm never again going to flood the earth because the intent of the heart is evil continually from his birth. And so it's like, okay, well, wait a second. You flooded the earth because of that, and you're not going to do it again because of that. What gives? And I think God was saying, well, we need to change the heart. It's the the yep. man still has the same heart. I could flood the earth over and over again, but we got to change the heart, and there's only one way to do that. We need a fundamental redemption. We need yes. a restart on this. We've got to get a restart going. And that's, of course, why the Son of God came in the incarnation and brought about the great salvation that he did. Well, the first mistake, I think, in all of this is to assume that politics is salvation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but two things here, two things. The first is that it's wrong to assume that government is the root problem of the nation's issues. Okay, so first of all, you're wrong, whether you're conservative or liberal. And typically, it's conservatives who think government's the root problem. So conservatives will take up that issue. Then it's the liberals who believe that government's the salvation for those problems. And so, you know, it turns out government's not the root problem and government's not the root salvation for the nation's problems. We can get pretty excited if we believe that government's the root problem. That's, of course, is what conservatives are tempted to believe. We can get pretty excited if we believe that government is the solution or the salvation for the nation's problems, and that's what gets all the liberals worked up about it. But, uh, but revolutions, as I said, don't work. Only regeneration. Only the gospel can fundamentally change the human heart and bring about a conformance of governments to the laws of God, which is what we want. So how do you bring about a reign of peace and righteousness? Well, the only way is through Jesus Christ. The only way is by serving the true and living God. The only way is by regeneration, repentance, faith in Jesus, and then electing leaders that will submit to Jesus as King of Kings and Lord of Lords and bring human governments into conformance to the laws of God. And you can't take shortcuts on this. Revolutions can't pull off this kind of thing by killing millions of people. They can't do any good. In fact, they do just, they make everything worse and worse and worse. They produce 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years of a lot of pain and suffering, a tremendous amount of pain and suffering. So you want to try that with the Bolsheviks or the French Revolution, you're going to have to submit your country to a ton of pain. And there will be no solution on the other side of it. Now, it turns out conservatives aren't working out very well either. Case in point, the Italian's immature girl that leads the country as of the last election, she just dumped her boyfriend. But, but don't worry, she's a conservative. 
you know, maybe this will fix it for us. Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Meloni publicly dumped her partner over his lewd remarks he made over uh, a TV program. Meloni took to social media Friday to announce the split. Uh, he's the father of their seven-year-old daughter. So she's supposed to be, you know, the advocate of family-first agenda for Italy, shacking up with her boyfriend. Yeah, how's that going to work out for you? What sort of family values are we conserving here? The lives of conservative politicians are often even more messed up than the liberal politicians or of even lower character. So what's the deal with that? That's not really in line with what John Adams said. What did he say? I'm trying to remember what he just said. Something about holy moral people and religious. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that. So, so let's just take some object lessons from this. We'll draw object lessons from the outworking of history and what's going on in these particular nations around the world today. You're not going to salvage Western civilization with a girl shacking up with her boyfriend down in Rome or a guy who's walking away from a couple of marriages, a child or two or three born out of wedlock. I mean, that's just not going to do it for you. Um, whether it be to salvage the United States of America or Italy or any of the other nations, and whether or not they talk a good talk, uh, maintain something of a conservative agenda and keep all the illegals out. Friends, that's just not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut it. The challenge is that today, 50% of the national income is controlled by a central government that forms a zeitgeist that determines a way of life for the masses. And that's what's made it tough because you've got our lives and institutions as a nation more determined by our leaders than at any other time in history, whether that be cultural leaders, political leader, or academic or educational leaders. The educational program is now almost totally controlled by these systems, these godless governments. So you don't really have as much of an opportunity for the grassroots to change things. So, so what do you do? Well, if there are extremely few people left with character to lead our societies today, what do you do? Well, our focus needs to be on family discipleship, as I see it, mentoring our children, discipling our children as we sit in the house, as we walk by the way, as we rise up, as we lie down, and then mentoring young men to be the future fathers for families in this nation, mentoring young women to be the future mothers of faith. And if we can get a million men and women who are discipled in a country with solid character, that might filter out into some decent leadership in the years to come. We also need solid churches, well-grounded pastors who will lead their families well. And you're not getting that in Italy. I'm sorry. We don't need 80,000 priests who are soaking in sexual sin, sexual abuse, and all of what's come out of the Catholic Church for the last 40, 50 years. We don't need layers upon layers of religious hypocrisy in our Protestant and Catholic denominations, etc. What we need are qualified pastors who rule their own households well. So again, what I'm saying is a, a solid Christian social theory begins with what? With mentorship, discipleship of young men to be the future fathers, solid fa fathers for the next generation. And then it's those pastors, those fathers who rule their own households well that can become the future pastors of the communities across the nation. And then out of that, over time, you'll start to see some halfway decent men who have the character. They fear God. They hate covetousness. They have solid families. They're having children. They're not divorced. 
and they will be qualified leaders for nations if these nations will survive the next 10, 20 years in the future. And these qualified pastors, let me just bring this out at the end of this broadcast because I think this is so crucial. The, the pastors must be blameless. The husband of one wife, vigilant, sober, of good behavior, given to hospitality, apt to teach, not given to wine, no striker, no greedy of filthy lucre, but patient, not a brawler, not covetous, one that rules his own household well, having his children in subjection with all gravity. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how shall he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. These are the qualifications for an elder and a pastor. And there's nothing we need more than qualified elders and pastors in churches. You say, well, I I thought you were going to talk about cleaning up a nation. Well, yeah, but it starts right here in our own backyard. First things first, we can't expect to see any nation improved while we have business to do in reforming our churches. Judgment begins in the household of God, and so does repentance. Repentance belongs and begins in the household of God as well. First Peter chapter 4, for it is time for judgment to begin in the household of God. And if it begins with us, what will be the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Well, friends, I don't think I could say it better than the way the apostle said it there in 1 Peter chapter 4. And uh, that wraps up this edition of the Generations broadcast. Again, I take it back to Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West as basically my historical introduction to everything we say, we're saying right now on this program. If you want the background for, for this vision, get a copy of Epoch, the Rise and Fall of the West at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson and Steve Vaughn inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.